It's the Snobbies! Sure. Like I just said, like, okay, so the baby's asleep. This is the first time we're doing the podcast at night. And you know what? The freaks come out at night. <laughs> Freaks come out at night. You know what I'm saying? Then let's get freaky, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to the Snubbies. Uh, Evan here as usual. I have once again the one, the only Joey Abalutfi. Guess who's back? I got keys coming from the West Seas. You have Costa keys? Brother. Yeah, you don't listen to Tupac? I can't say. Well, I was in, I was the East Coast, dude, so I was a biggie. Oh, well, that's a different conversation for a different day. Yeah, we killed you first. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> Joey, what's uh, what's new? What's been going on? Uh, all is well. Very happy, busy, content. Good. Yeah. Good. How and about yourself? Ugh, office job. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Well, <laughs> I, I do have something that might brighten up your night. <gasps> do you have a gift for me? I have a gift for you. Is this something I've that was waiting. recently released? I've been waiting a long time to <laughs> give this to you. My own copy of Eternity the Movie. <laughs> oh I my god! We do it on the air. <gasps> you autographed it. Uh, yeah, it was a Kickstarter thing. We promised we would. Oh, so, so I should. But I would have done this anyway. the whole time. Nikki Leonte on the back. Wow, busting out there. Yeah, the the distributors thought that might be a good angle. <laughs> literally, <laughs> that is literally good angle. Good job, Nikki. <laughs> oh my god, dude, this is awesome. Um, yeah, some fun bonus features, commentary. Oh my god. So some uh, behind the scenes that you're involved in. Oh, nice! Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I can't wait. So for anyone that hasn't listened to what was it? Where were you on episode three? Yeah, three was episode three was the the premiere of Joey absolutely on the snubbies and we spoke at length about eternity of the movie and I appreciate that it is uh, I still stand by it It is the greatest uh, can't call it a rock opera but it what do you call it it's it's a bromance it's a comedy it's a yeah it's a musical comedy it's a bromance yeah Um, just it's just fun in a bottle. So it's uh, it's available on video on demand. Um, still available on not Crackle. What was the one? No, it's on iTunes and Amazon Prime and Google Play. Yeah. Uh, some like Cox on Demand and what, uh, what was that? You heard me. <laughs> Cox on Demand. What is it's, that? It's uh, Orange County. They do. It's Cox instead of Time Warner Cable. So it's that like should not be a thing. Oh, it is, and they're. They do not restrict their commercials by saying Cox a lot, and you know. Do they at least have like a lot of innuendo to like really bump that up? Because that makes me nervous. I wonder. I wonder if there was some thought put put behind. At it. the very least, like they have a chicken as a spokesperson. Well, they definitely give it to you in the rear, <laughs> payment wise. <laughs> you know, these cable companies <laughs> dominate these areas, and you don't have a choice. All of a sudden, you're paying an arm and a leg for a little bit of Cox. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um. Did you hear, is it is it Roku or something? One company has actually gone out to all the different cable providers, uh, not cable providers, uh, all the different um, networks, Fox, NBC, ABC, all that stuff, and have actually said that they can broadcast through their player. So it's basically like the beginning of the end of cable. Good. That makes sense. I knew that we were kind of in a transition period anyway, because yeah. if you have cable, then you could subscribe to NBC it, on your own. It you was know, the next I, logical step. Yeah. You know, because HBO Go and Netflix and Hulu, between those three, you don't really need cable except for live sports. Right, right. You know, and now, it, and I, I think it's Roku, and I, I might be wrong, and I'm sorry if I am, but um, once that happens, between those three, uh, you don't need 
Time Warner cable. You don't need ATT. You know, you don't need any of that no. stuff. So just plug it into my brain. Let's get this over exactly. with. I'm okay with having a microchip implanted in my body. As yeah, long as who I is can. it? Yeah. Well, as long as Cox is the one that's implanting it. Yeah, you implant that Cox. <laughs> um, all right. So what's uh, what are what are the big movies in, in theaters this week? Uh, oh, it's Captain America week. Oh yeah. Well, they kind of lost me on the Age of Ultron. A little bit, but this one. I mean, Winter Soldier was so good. I need to catch up on my on my superheroes. I'm sorry, I um, can't really well, speak to any of these. I know it's been a couple weeks since the last episode, but I I rubbed it in Mike's face last week about uh, Batman versus Superman just completely eating shit. <laughs> and I said it last week, and I'll say it this week. Told you so. You did. You did. We talked about that before. Uh, I can told you so. Um, yeah, uh, I I realize I say. He who shall not be named. I say his name at least fifty times per episode. <laughs> he can't direct, dude. He just can't do it. And oh, you hear? Man. Did you hear the? Uh, I'm talking about Zack Snyder. Um, did you read the interview that he gave about the Dark Knight Rises? Mm-mm. They were like, if you would have taken, if you would have directed Dark Knight as opposed to Christopher Nolan, what would you have done? And he was like, well, I saw the Christopher Nolan ones, and they were fine. They just weren't dark enough, and people were like. What do you mean they weren't dark enough? Like, it was the darkest version of Batman ever. And he goes, yeah, if he was in prison, he would have been raped. I would have had some of that going on. Whoa, I'm not, easy, Tiger. I'm not joking. Like, he he said he would have had prison rape in Batman, Dark Knight Rises. Ugh. So, that, I mean, that combined with the fact that every interview I've ever seen with him, and he's all he says is like, I just want to see cool shit. I don't care about the story. I just want to make, make something look cool. And it's like, okay, go join Michael Bay in the corner. And <laughs> at least up. Michael Bay's honest about it. Like, yeah, hey, he pulls people, no punches. People pay me a lot of money to make these yeah. movies. Like, and, and here's the thing is um, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm a DC guy. I'm a Marvel guy. Personally, I, uh, <laughs> I, I think all the nerds just need to calm the fuck down just a little <laughs> bit. But uh, um, it, here's the difference between, at least in the box office, Marvel and DC. Marvel, it, the Marvel movies are directed by people who love Marvel and they love comic books. John Favreau, um, Joss Whedon. You know these are guys that have professed their love of comic book movie, uh, comic books and the characters in the shows. Now jump over to the DC side, and you have Zack Snyder, who said, "I never read a comic book growing up." Now, I was not a comic book guy, but if I'm going to make a movie about the Yankees, I'm going to go get a Yankee fan to direct it. Because they'll do it justice. Or at least to have someone admit like, okay, I at least studied the Yankees for a significant amount of time before I made this film. Yeah, I'm not going to sit there and go, uh, I don't I don't really care about the Yankees, but let's see some locker room rape. Yeah, what you're so bitching. And you know what? Nobody wants to see a rape scene. Here, no, no to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hate that. I hate saying the word. I, I don't mean to laugh at that, but you were very serious and it was very funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't condone rape. Um, at all. Um, we all know no means yes anyway. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, oh God, can, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to bring up kidding. like notable rape scenes in movies. Cause no, save that for someone else. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Um, let's talk about something that's in the news, uh, because we talked about it briefly, uh, before we came on, on the air here. Um, as of, uh, as of this recording, uh, this happened yesterday, so I'll, I'll probably upload this early next week. So th- by the time people hear this, uh, mid last week, Donald Trump was the last man standing in the Republican primary, which is 
you know, hold hold your opinions on it. I think everyone has a, a massive pro or a massive con to say about it. But what I wanted to do was like <laughs> an unofficial list of uh, what movie characters would make a better president than Donald Trump. Which isn't saying a whole lot. Now, I'm not saying like who would you want as a, as a movie present character because obviously like Kevin Klein as Dave would be probably be like the most heartfelt <laughs> one. You'd obviously want Bill Bill Pullman, you know, for sure. You know, all Just that for inspiration. And should we win the day, the Fourth of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, "We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on." We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. What, like, what movie character would make a better president than Donald Trump? And I would say, like, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I don't know, like, who would be, like, going on the TV side of it, like, Swearingen from, uh, from Deadwood would make a better president because at least like he would rule with an iron fist and like get shit done <laughs> as opposed to just, sw- you know, just talk a big game and not carry a big stick. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like it's, we didn't really think this well, through too, too much. It's but. okay. I mean, I, I looked at it and I'm like, well, I'm going to exclude all the people that actually played a car- like a president. So yeah. Daniel Day Lewis playing Lincoln. It's like, no, well Lincoln was Lincoln. Yeah. But like people just based on people who played the president in films, and again, this is just to who's better than Trump. Harrison Ford, Air Force One. Harrison Ford, Air Get off my plane. I just watched Deep Impact again. Morgan Freeman plays a great president. I thought you were going to make a Cox joke. <laughs> Deep Impact, now on Cox. You know what? That movie starts really strong and gets really bad. Cox presents Deep Impact. <laughs> on demand, on Cox. Just hit that little red button. Um, <laughs> but Morgan Freeman was really good in it. And he also plays the president in Olympus Has Fallen. Yeah, he's a... Uh, it's funny. I don't consider Barack Obama the first black president. I consider Morgan Freeman the first black president. <laughs> totally. Uh, and he's also God. Well, yeah. Verse Almighty. Yeah. Um, yeah, Morgan Freeman would be a good one. Um, you know who I love as president? His name's Tom Lister Jr. People know him as... Uh, Debo in the fifth <laughs> element. <laughs> he's the president in that. With a lazy eye. Yeah. But he's very serious. He's probably the most serious character in that movie. <laughs> he was the only one that probably plays it seriously. Yeah. Um, God, I love fifth element. That's such you know, a good Just movie. so we could talk he, about fifth he's element. He's a useless president, dude. He <laughs> literally did nothing except sit there. He was stressing out. Oh, it's so... And I, I love, I literally love everything about that movie. But he was so useless. Yeah, you know, like Lloyd Bridges and Hot Shots Part Two. That's a bit, <gasps> bit of a W. Dude, he, performance. But... He went and fought Saddam. Yeah. with a fire poker. <laughs> if, the, if you don't want him for your president, you need to leave this country. President, we need a plan. This may be our last chance to get the hostages out. All right. Now, here's where we are. And here is where oh, they are. Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, no time for prayer, Bob. Now, here's the target area. It's Minnesota, sir. Oh, damn it, man. That's the genius of my plan. We don't have to traipse all over the world to fight. We can do it right here at home. Get us some good fishing while we're at it. Sir, the enemy is over there. Then we'll fly them over here. They can bring their relatives. We'll teach them to ice skate. 
do I have to think of everything? And he farted in a wetsuit. <laughs> I love hot shots. Dude, that scene where they're flo- like just scuba diving <laughs> underneath and suddenly it hit me. That's it, man. We're going in. My rescue mission was underway. But two things kept running through my mind. Would we get to the men in time? And why did I bring helium instead of air? We could hear gunfire from the compound. From out of nowhere, a patrol boat appeared overhead. How would we get past the soldiers on that boat? Then, suddenly, it happened. (laughs) (laughs) Chopper. And a couple other real quick. Peter Zellers in Doctor Strangelove and uh, Jack Nicholson in Mars Attacks was kind of fun. But we're going to be talking about him a little bit later. Yeah. Oh, Real soon, actually. Is that our segue? That that was our segue, yeah. Joey, which which award are we going to talk about here today? Uh, Again, we were both young men in the 90s learning about our bodies. But in uh, 1998, they were celebrating the year of film of 97, and Jack Nicholson won. Hey, you know what? Hmm. We were both exploring our bodies uh, individually. We didn't know each other back then. Um, and at that point, it was as good as it gets. Oh, hey The award that we're going to talk about this week is Jack Nicholson's Best Actor Performance uh, in As Good As It Gets. And I guess we should take a break now and come back to it. Yeah, let's get ready. Okay. Let's get ready to so, do this. So uh, quick time out, a little uh, pause for the cause, and we'll be right back. people want to hear is a baby screaming in the background (laughs) Um, until we start doing horror movie podcasts that'll be great Um, okay guys we're back Um, so Jack Nicholson as good as it gets 1998 best actor Academy Award Um, here's why I want to talk about this one and here's why I want to take it away I don't hate Jack Nicholson I friggin love Jack Nicholson agreed but Whenever people are like, oh, he's an Academy Award winning actor. Like, what did he win it for? Well, he won it for, um, he got Best Supporting in, shit, why didn't I look this up? Um, Best Supporting for something. uh, But he he won Best Actor for uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, 1975. Uh, And then the next award that he won was As Good As It Gets. I would never in a million years consider As Good As It Gets one of his best performances. And as a matter of fact, I wouldn't even put it in like a top 25. Hmm. Yeah, no. Because he's got stuff like Crossing Guard, The Shining. Uh, Isn't The Shining the greatest movie ever made, according to in you? In my opinion, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> Which, by the way, as we mentioned the last time we talked about The Shining, was nominated for Razzie Awards. Unbelievable. So fucking stupid. Um all right, so Chinatown. Oh God, how do you forget Chinatown? Yeah, I mean, even the Joker, like he dominated that movie. He's a hell of an actor. We love him, and yeah. I think we both agree that as good as it gets was a pretty good role for him. He fit the bill. As good as it gets, just isn't a great movie. It's a good movie. It's just not a great movie, and I, it really annoys me when 
okay movies get put on a pedestal. And it's like, no, when when I start listing off some of these other should be nominees, you're going to be like, oh, shit, like, yeah, this cruise gets should have fun by the way. And at this time, he was like making a movie like once every four or five years. Yeah. So it might have just been like in the cycle. And OCD just isn't as intriguing as no. Rain Man he, or My Left Foot. Like, if there's a, if you're going to like make a movie about yeah. a disorder, it's like. He had only, in my opinion, and I'll have to go back and, and check this, but just off the top of my head, after As Good as It Gets, he only had two worthy performances since then. And then he started doing shit movies. The first one. Uh, was about Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Did you ever Which see that one? Good. Yeah, love that one. And uh, the other one was in uh, The Departed. Right. You knew I was going to say that. Yeah. You knew it. Um, other than that, I mean, he he did that anger management movie. He mm, yeah, know, he started do, getting some paycheck movies. Yeah, and Which, you know, good whatever. On good for him. He wants to leave some cash behind and you know buy some time with the Laker girls. Good for good for him. <laughs> um, so here are the other nominees that were out that year. Um, Jack Nicholson won for as good as it gets. Then we have Matt Damon for Goodwill Hunting, which I'm still pissed off at you for. Sorry. Uh Robert Duvall for The Apostle, Peter Fonda for Yuli's Gold, and Dustin Hoffman for Wag the Dog. Now, all right, we'll do full disclosure. Neither Joey or I have seen Yuli's Gold. No, and I've my argument is Peter Fonda is just not that interesting. Ooh, I'm sure it's a deep, heavy movie. I watched the trailer. Yeah, here's the thing, though. I mean, we always go back to court of public opinion, and I'm sorry, I've never heard anybody talk about Yuli's Gold. I'm a big crossword guy, just because my family owns a breakfast cafe. <laughs> For some reason, Yuli's Gold is always in the crossword, because it's got a lot of vowels. Oh, Jesus. So I'm. it's been in my subconscious for a long time, but... Uh, Joey, give uh, give your family restaurant a plug here. San Clemente Cafe, San Clemente's best kept secret, 1810 South El Camino Real. We're open 7 to 2. Best breakfast in town. <laughs> It's uh, it down. really it's it's the best breakfast I've ever had. I might go down there and get some breakfast. I will feed you. What, what's your best? What's like literally, best I will feed you in your mouth. <laughs> me personally, I hope it's not anywhere else. You're gonna feed me. <laughs> what's the best item on the menu? We do a lot of like uh, tortillas and salsa kind of dishes. So we have like the country mix spud style, which is just this heaping plate of eggs and onions and ham and potatoes and cheese and avocado and sour cream, and you get tortillas. Mm. We have a mean chili quiles, mm. great banana pancakes. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not overweight, but I'm not slim. And you I'm, and me both, buddy. I'm, I'm dangerously approaching norm status from Cheers. <laughs> and that, hey, we're getting up there in age. That dude. breakfast sounds watch good. Gotta skip them ropes. That sounds good. But uh, yeah, so that's the only reason why I know Yuli's gold. Thank you for transitioning back in. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. I have to admit, I haven't seen Wag the Dog. But okay, so let me let me start there then. Um, Wag the Dog, when the movie came out, it was an interesting movie. And um, I'm going to turn around so I'm facing you. I feel like I'm like neglecting you here. My bad. Um, Wag the Dog is an interesting movie. Like I said, when it came out, it was it was interesting, and that was about as far as it went. It was like, if, if politicians are corrupt, then this is probably the worst thing that they could do. Um, and then stuff like... Uh, you know, like nine eleven and all that stuff happens, and you're like, I wonder how much of this actually is legit. Mm-hmm. So, do you know the premise of Wag the Dog? I do yeah. So, for the audience members who who haven't seen it, Dustin Hoffman plays a uh, a movie producer who gets hired to shoot a fake war, so that the government can kind of who, who's the who's the president at that one? Oh, I don't know. 
I don't know. Um, I'll check so, it out. Yeah, check it out. The so the president at the time has his approval ratings are just plummeting, and they hire Dustin Hoffman to shoot all this fake war footage um, that they're going to go into war against like this unknown country and kind of rally the country, uh, you know, rally you know all the citizens around him and be like, yay, like war is good and he's a wartime president, all that stuff, and. As they're going along, like Dustin Hoffman, you know, they're very concerned about him trying to claim credit for it. Kind of like how people assume Stanley Kubrick shot the moon landing. (laughs) You know, they were like, go to Stanley Kubrick because he'll shut his mouth. You know, (laughs) at least that's the thing. Uh, Do you have the information? It's uh, an actor named Michael Belson who played the actor or played the president and Mm -hmm. wagged the dog. So who, who was the advisor? Was it Oliver Platt? Uh, Robert De Niro was the... De Niro! Oh my God, how the... Okay, I'm sorry, lead. Bobby D. Bobby Dinet. They D- both in, and I watched the trailer, and it looked really good. It is good. It's worth a watch. Yeah, it's absolutely Dustin worth a watch. Hoffman's. I mean, he was Rain Man. You know, he's he was Tootsie. He, he was, was the and, graduate. And like, here's the thing: is I would still consider Wag the Dog one of his better performances because you can see it in his head. Like he's hired to do a job. You know, he's a professional. Mm-hmm. But then, and it's interesting because you and I both coming from the film industry. We know people that are very much like, I'm willing to do a job to an extent, and then once I don't get credit for my job, then I'll start, I won't be such a good trained little puppy anymore. Right. Credit's a weird thing. It is. And that's kind of what happens here, is that Dustin Hoffman does such an amazing job. He's like, I want credit for making this war. And That's then, the whole deal. They can't credit anything because it's not supposed to be a right. Film. Right. It's all going to come crashing down. So it's like then it becomes like, are they going to silence him? Do they keep going? Do they hire him to do more? Like, do they feed his ego more to keep him shut up? Like, it's very very interesting. Um, but all that taken into consideration, his performance maybe we keep it in the nominee section. But yeah, I mean, I just again like. I think playing a, a, mo- a movie producer isn't as much of a stretch as playing Rain Man. Oh, absolutely. You know, it it absolutely. might be more of a testament to the screenplay yeah. than to yes. the actual performance. Yes. And I'm sure yes. a bad actor could have ruined that movie. Not saying love Dustin Hoffman, but... Someone like Ed Norton could have done an equally amazing job. Yeah. Right. And Jack Nicholson being obsessive-compulsive, you know, is... It was interesting enough. I yeah. think a little bit more interesting than yeah than a movie producer. So I think off the you know right off the top, Peter Fonda. Um, sorry because we haven't seen Yuli's Gold. Uh, no, we'll get didn't. rid of Peter Fonda. I'm gonna red light Dustin Hoffman just because. I mean, when you hear some of these other character, you know, or some of these other actors, you're gonna be like, well, yeah, they should have gotten a nominee. So let's get into that. Let's get into that. <sighs> okay, so so we're left with. Uh, like I guess let's not eliminate anybody just yet. Um, here are some other actors who probably should have been in consideration for an Oscar nomination that year. Um, only because it's so topical because he finally won an Oscar this year. Leonardo DiCaprio for Titanic. He should have got nominated. Yes. But I've talked about on this podcast how annoying he is in that movie. Oh, um, my God. But that's an annoying movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just jealous. Maybe I'm just jealous. But I swear to God, if you, have you you're, seen it you're, lately? You're, you're still sexy compared to Leo. Thank you. You're, I you're appreciate still good. that. Um, I don't vape. You, so. you, you know what? I agree. He should have been nominated. Just Absolutely. give him the nod. It was, a, it was a hell of a movie. Because you know what? He carried a 
three hour and ten minute movie. Right. At right. which point the boat fucking sank. Mm. Oh shit! Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. 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 But for about an hour of it. Rose, Rose, don't trust them, Rose. I love you, Rose. Rose, Rose. Rose, 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 you're just like oh my god do you hear yourself do you know why somebody smack him (laughs) do you know why i have a soft spot in my heart for him in that movie huh it's all because of this ready i'll never let go as i'm letting go (laughs) yeah there's room on the damn raft there's you could have scooted over all that aside all that aside because it's already been proven that he could have been on that raft at 20 different positions okay (laughs) the fact that she's like i'll never let go as she releases (laughs) uh, like that's like someone saying like i'll never eat again pass me the pass me the song (laughs) like all that being said like yeah you're right he held a a long movie and it did Mm -hmm. really well Kate Winslet, so. and, and I'm saying this as their characters, not as the actors. Kate Winslet was more annoying in that movie than than Jack Dawson. Uh, well, she got she showed her boobs. Yeah, and that kept me shut I'm up for sorry, about for about six minutes. But <laughs> <laughs> they're both kind of annoying. Good thing that ship it, goes down. It, all right, I'll, I'll say this. Yes, she did show her boobs, and not. I'm sorry that this is going to become like the Chauvinist Pig podcast <laughs> right now. There's another movie where she is much more watchable. Than that scene in Titanic. Hmm. Have you ever seen Little Children? I haven't. No. Oh, what a hard movie to watch. Gee. But there's a scene. Okay. Her and Patrick Wilson on top of a washer. Whoa. Kate. But there's another scene with Jackie Earl Haley in a scuba mask <laughs> in a pool full of little kids. Oh, my. <laughs> All right. Put that on my list. Definitely watch it because it's... Uh, it is a creepy movie, and it's one of those movies that's like, it's a slice of real life. Like, it just kind of smacks you over the head, and you're like, hey, the world's a fucked up place, and you're going <laughs> to acknowledge it right now. <laughs> oh, the power of cinema. God, I love it. Yeah. Um, so Leo would get a nominee, but not win. Correct. I agree. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Russell Crowe in L.A. Confidential. Yeah, he was a stud. I wanted to be him. You talk about a uh, an ensemble cast. And L.A. Confidential has to be in the top five of all time ensemble cast. Yeah. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Jim Cromwell. Cromwell. Cromwell's awesome. Yeah. God, I love Cromwell. They're that they're all really good, and he's really good in it. Russell mm-hmm. Crowe. I I I could argue that's his best role. Um, I, I, I have people say Gladiator, but no, it's probably L.A. Confidential. I, I he or did it. or Les Mis. Like, he was like born for it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see if that snuck in through He's the radar. Some questionable decisions. Um, I, I got to say this. I, I hate to be a name dropper because it's the, the most annoying thing to do. But I worked with James Cromwell. Yeah, nicest guy in the world. I'd like to hear that. The absolute nicest guy in the world. I'm always happy when I see him show up in a movie. Yeah, dude. He he was the farmer and Babe. That's right. <laughs> That'll do, Piggy. That'll do. 
That's a great movie. That'll do, pig. That's a great That'll movie. That'll do. <laughs> um, he was nominated for that, as huh. damn well he should be. Hmm. He was fantastic in that. <laughs> okay, so sorry sorry to be an asshole right there. So we're so. adding Russell Crowe. Oh, absolutely. Let, absolutely. Me, let me put him in the green here because that's... Let's do that. It, it's, it, it's impossible to, to say no to that. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we're going to put him in the yellow because we're not doing green yet. Uh, Leo can see our spreadsheet. Leo, we said he would be nominated, but definitely not win, so so probably not. Sorry. You're lucky we talked about you, Leo. <laughs> Congratulations on your win. I'm really happy for you. <laughs> Did you see the video of him after he won? Uh, all the winners after the after the Oscars go to this back room, and they immediately engrave your statue. That's awesome. And he hands the he hands his Oscar over to the woman that's doing the engraving, and she's like, "Oh, congratulations!" She's like, "Thanks." And he's like. I don't want to say he's nervous, but you can tell like this is a situation he's never been in before. Yeah, and so um, he they were making small talk, and she's like, "Oh, like I'm here every year." He's like, "Oh, you're here every year." She goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah, I wouldn't know." <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> yeah, he seemed to have fun with it this year. Yeah, and and, and rightfully so. Um, I, I mean, everybody knew he was going to win. Yeah, I think yeah. if he didn't, people were actually going to walk out. Um, they probably should have ended the Oscars with him winning. Man, but we can't talk about that one for another five years, right? That's the rule of the snubbies. We can talk about it. We're just not going to take any awards away. All right. Sorry about that. Um, Mark Wahlberg and Boogie Nights. So is this going to come down between Goodwill Hunting and Boogie I love Nights this again? Movie. <laughs> again, you're going to do this to me. You're going to rip you guys my should, fucking should heart out. Go back in the archives and listen to our podcast about best original screenplay of that year. What was it? Episode six, I think it was. Yeah, and you know what? It was great. It was a great episode. It was a great episode. Um, I'm still not over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk about it. Um, he shows his dick. He gets an award for that? I don't know. He It was an ensemble cast, for sure. Yes, Mark Wahlberg know. and his dick. But <laughs> I almost feel like it's um, like Leo. Like He kind of deserves a nod. Because that, yeah, he did fear before that. You know. I love fear. <laughs> oh, could have been different, Mr. Walker should have allowed nature to take its course in the end it will anyway so let me the fucking house <laughs> it was a good one <laughs> yeah but like this was like oh sh- shit this guy can act like dude he uh <laughs> he, he held the movie burt reynolds was cool and crisp and all the other side characters were fun but like he held it, it. well it's funny because bringing up past arguments that we've made for and against boogie nights and you just said it was an ensemble cast. It was mm-hmm. a very heavy ensemble cast. Um, it's interesting because whenever one person gets nominated for an ensemble cast, I know we just talked about Russell Crowe too. Um, it's kind of hard to be like, did did he outshine everybody in that movie? Mm-hmm. Right. Because I feel like Burt Reynolds outshined everybody in that movie. It was kind of like Burt Reynolds or coming J- back party. It's that, and John C. Riley was amazing too. He was amazing, but I think in hindsight, it's like, oh, he was so amazing because now we know John C. Riley is a different persona. You know, we know him so much better. Yeah, him and Philip Seymour Hoffman were they were character oh. actors at that point. Yeah, they that's both true. like skyrocketed after that movie. Yeah, Hoffman was playing the same character he was in Twister. <laughs> <laughs> I love him in that movie. I love Twister. I will defend that to the death. Well, then do we do we give Marky Marco a nod? I think we, he deserves a nod. Let's put him in the in the yellow. Okay. Um, I I don't think he wins. I think here's the thing: Matt Damon wins it over Mark Wahlberg that year 
for sure. <laughs> you don't want for you know sure. I'll, I'll back off a little bit because I know you're still hurting from our Gonna our other snub. Kick your ass, Jamon Hunso. Am I saying that right? For Amistad, I didn't see the film. I'm sorry. I saw it for the first time a couple months ago. What uh, you think Spielberg, right? Damn good. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins in a supporting role. Matthew McConaughey in. I. It's weird because this is an ensemble cast. There is no clear lead actor in this movie. Hmm. Um, Amistad. It's about the Spanish ship Amistad that brought slaves from Africa to the states. There was controversy. There was a huge rev, uh, revolt on the ship. Uh, people were killed. Uh, and they're trying to decide who do the slaves belong to? The Spanish, the Cubans, the Americans, or are they free? Would you consider him the lead actor? It is definitely more his story than anybody else's, mm-hmm. but he shares it with a couple other uh, slave type characters. And there's some pretty strong, like, definite lead roles this year in that being yeah. said yeah good call i i gotta give it some props because i, I did see it for the first time a couple months ago and it did uh, it, i was shocked that it took me that long to see it it was expiring on netflix so i had to good for you. <laughs> i had to rush it um i strongly recommend it though it is uh it's very i mean it's spiely it's, yeah. Spiel, it's spielberg yeah totally i mean when did he do a bad movie mm. AI could have been better. Indiana Jones. Oh. Crystal Skull. He's done a couple bad movies. Yeah, he's done some stuff. But you know what? You've done some of the best movies ever made. I got to say that my biggest gripe about Spielberg is he has to bookend everything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like Saving Private Ryan is the best example of that. We're going to start in the cemetery. We're going to end in the cemetery. Yeah, he loves that classic Hollywood Yeah, and he always has to have the lead character question whether or not he or she, mostly he, uh, was ever good enough. Tell me I'm a good man. Tell me I did right. Okay, Schindler, I get it. <laughs> you saved thousands of Jewish people. Uh-huh. You don't need to be told that you're a good guy. Uh-huh, you sure. fucking were a good guy. Yeah. But we had to have that fucking scene where he's like, I could have saved one more. And I know everyone's like, oh, that's the best scene of the movie. No, it's not. It's the worst fucking scene of the movie. <laughs> Roy Schneider kind of has that in Jaws, too, a little bit. Um, Am I doing the right thing? And I don't like to get in the water. (laughs) (laughs) The truck from Duel going over the cliff. Was I a good truck? Um, (laughs) You know what? Amistad, you mentioned Anthony Hopkins. I see a name that's not on here. Anthony Hopkins in The Edge that year. Oh, I didn't didn't put that on because I feel like he shares it too much with Alec Baldwin. Yeah, because they're both... Yeah, they're both the leads. This but is the second. I know episode we keep, talking, here, we keep about talking about this, the edge. But freaking Leo won this year for basically doing the edge too. So touche. Anthony Hopkins was really good in that movie. He was. Yeah. He was very very good. Ah, I can't remember the ending. Yes, I do. I won't spoil it. Everybody should go see the edge. Yeah, if you, ha- it's definitely a sleeper movie that no one talks about except for us on this podcast. We talk about it a lot, but I, okay, we'll leave them off since Yay, it's kind snubbies. of uh, Alec Baldwin was. Um, equally important. So I've got a couple more serious. Uh, <laughs> a Let's get through the ser- serious ones, and we'll we'll have fun with our yeah. Um, oh, this is who I might actually say wins. Uh, but let me go. Uh, Johnny Depp and Donnie Brasco. Again, was he? He was. It was him and Al Pacino. Yeah, he was the title character. Right. So it was. It was definitely. He was like a young man, and I felt like. I feel like Donnie Brasco is underrated by people who have never seen it, 
and overrated by people who can't shut the fuck up about it, mm-hmm. which is an interesting conundrum. But, but is it one of those like, oh, is Pacino just as important? Fine, I'm putting it in the red. I don't know. I'm just. I, I can't. I can't be convinced strongly of of Donnie Brasco. It's it's a good movie. If it's on TV, give it. A, you know, give it a watch. But um, I I can't recommend people run out and see it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, you know what it is? People who love Scarface, I think, feel like they have to say Donnie Brasco is like the next best thing. I agree. And totally. it's like, no, like Scarface is amazing. Donnie Brasco doesn't come close. And I know everyone's got a hard on for Pacino, but everyone needs to calm down. No, no. I agree. And the gangster movie was kind of like hot then, like Goodfellas, like just kind of got that whole world like yeah. hip again. Unless you're Scorsese, don't do a gangster movie. Yeah, or good luck. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Michael Douglas in The Game. We've talked about this movie before, too. I love this movie. It is a great movie. And it's I- probably Fincher's most underrated. Yeah. And I mean, he's a lead. Man, he he absolutely is. Um, I mean, he carries a movie even when it's a scene with him in a friggin' creepy clown doll. <laughs> um, yeah. For those who haven't seen the game, it's funny because uh, my buddy Tyler sent out a a birthday invitation one year for his brother, and he said my brother's favorite movie is the game, and we're going to do it to him. Whoa. And it was like the, I didn't participate because I like you know unfortunately was about to have a, a son and just couldn't <laughs> devote my life to that kind of shit. But basically, it was the coolest sounding thing. Like it was going to start with someone like someone picking him up at the airport and just dropping him in the middle of nowhere type of thing. And they like literally like did the game to him. Oh, that's so rad. Um, so for those who haven't seen the game, uh, Fincher's most underrated movie. Uh, Sean Penn is Michael Douglas's brother. And for his birthday, he gives him this opportunity to, like, kind of come out of his shell because Michael Douglas, is, he leads a very protected life. He doesn't take a lot of chances. And Sean Penn arranges this huge web of just mystery and intrigue. Like, you don't know what the game is. You just know that, it, like, his life is in danger at several points. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what's real and what's fake. And You're right there with him the whole time. You're right there with him. And it, it's a mind fuck to say the least. And when everything unravels at the end, you still don't know what to think. And that's good. That's that's why Fincher's awesome. I, I said this on the last time you were here, but Fincher's the closest thing we have to Hitchcock. He's the only one that's making pure mindfuck movies yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan wishes he was Fincher, almost. Shyamalan, here's the difference between Fincher and Shyamalan, is Fincher will fuck with your mind throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. without a it doesn't need a giant payoff whereas Shyamalan has to have the giant twist at the end right that's his niche um and Shyamalan did you see Devil no the one on the elevator oh my god I did I love that movie he didn't direct it but he wrote it and it was really good it was good it was really good so I haven't completely written Shyamalan off yet but nah, I he def- makes an entertaining movie well, I definitely approach him with kids' gloves. Like, After Earth was atrocious. Yeah, I think you nailed it with the kids' gloves, because, like, even the or signs, like... Eh. Oh, dude, I, I'll defend signs. It was it was good. It was probably his best since the sixth end. Well, Unbreakable was good, too. Unbreakable was good. He makes good. a good movie. He but does. He, he, um, he has this, like, Hitchcock fetish almost. He does, but like I don't said, I don't think he understands what it means to be Hitchcockian. No. And I don't mean to sound pretentious when I say that, but... 
It's the thriller genre. It's you know? it's funny because our buddy Blair, um, the movie that I made, Intrusion. Yeah. He he called it a Hitchcockian thriller, and I was like, I love you for saying that, but there's <laughs> nothing fucking Hitchcock about my movie. <laughs> he just loves you so much. I love Blair too. We got to get him on and do it. I, I told him next yeah. time he's in town, we'll do it. We'll do an episode. Yeah. Um, I gotta finish that movie too. I gotta find an editor to to finish that movie so I can put it on YouTube. Spread the word, people. We need another. Oh, God. I need an editor in like $3,000. Um, so, Michael Douglas for the game. Great movie, maybe not a great performance. Okay. Yeah, I mean, compared to what we've already been talking about. Yeah. Uh, I think Stallone we need to talk about. Okay, that was the next one. Uh, it might end up being Stallone. So, Stallone was nominated for Best Supporting Actor this year for uh, for playing Rocky Balboa in the movie Creed, um, which he won... Best actor for playing Rocky Balboa in mm. Rocky. He probably should have at least, at the very least, gotten a nomination for Copland. Yeah, I saw that in theaters back in 97. Yeah, he plays a very dim-witted, not a sheriff, a deputy, right? Yeah, small town. Small town deputy in a, in a very corrupt precinct. <sighs> It was good, and that's a, like he was coming off some really bad movies. Yeah, Demolition Man, which I love. Oh, dude, I'll defend Demolition. I Man. love Demolition Man, but Judge oh, Dredd so might have been around then. I still like Judge Dredd, <sighs> but <laughs> Copland was good. You know what was so good about Copland and his performance in Copland is that you're right. He was coming off of Judge Dredd and Demolition Man, and everybody had this notion about who Stallone was and what he was capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out with Copland, and people are like. Oh, shit, he can act. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, look at him, how cute he's trying to act. I think there was a little bit uh, of envy because his movies were just like yeah. box office, like blockbusters. I think the like the musclehead movie-going audience that was demanding Demolition Man 2 uh-huh. and got Copland was very put off and were like, screw Stallone for doing that. Whereas people that only expected that were like, ooh, dude's got some chops on him. Yeah, you know, well, and career-wise, like him and Schwarzenegger were kind of neck and neck. There was almost like a battle happening throughout the movies. Yeah. Well, it was the the Planet Hollywood owners battle, right? Right. But Stallone became the Expendables. Started taking some like good roles, like Copland, where Schwarzenegger yeah. didn't make good career choices. No, but but then he became our governor, and you know, God bless him, the governor. He he signed my uh, college degree, and I'm so happy about. Did that. Did he really? That's yeah. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see that. Uh, um, it's in film. But you know what's funny is uh, he won Best Actor, Nicolas Cage won Best Actor, and then they just kind of started doing movies that were, dare I say, beneath them? Mm. You know? We're gonna talk about Nick Cage in a second. God bless Nick Cage. I love Nick Cage. Don't you talk about bad Nick, He's so bad good. About Nick Cage? But, but, I mean, I have to put Stallone in the yellow on this one because he for sure needs to be included in the conversation at the very least. I agree. I um, agree. So he's in the yellow. Um, there's a couple more semi-serious ones I want to talk about. Uh, and then I know it's not, well, Ben Affleck and Chasing Amy. Yeah, you love Ben Affleck and Chasing Amy. Well, I love Ben Affleck. I think <laughs> Chasing Amy is my least favorite Kevin Smith movie. But I acknowledge what it is and why other people are madly in love with it. Yeah, and um, for that at that time period, it was it very it summed up the ninety seven world. Yeah, and it's interesting because Chasing Amy is is a it's a Kevin Smith movie, but it's it's the most unique Kevin Smith movie because 
it showcases his dialogue as all of his movies do, but it's not the beat you over the head comedy. Right. It's it's a almost a normal narrative in a weird way. It's a normal right. narrative. It, I mean, it's a very dark comedy, I guess, but it. I don't know, it makes you feel things that no other movie really made you feel at I think, that time. I think Ben Affleck makes you feel things in your pants. Only on the Cox <laughs> channel. Um, I, dude, I love I love the fuck. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It was, he was good in it. He was good in it. Was he as good as, you know, these other gentlemen? No. I just want to say that it comes down to Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I will acknowledge that he probably doesn't. Uh, I will say, I will say this: mm-hmm. for any movie that Ben Affleck has been in, if he deserved an award for any of them, it would be Chasing Amy. Interesting. Not Argo, not Gone Girl. I would say Chasing Amy. Hmm. <sighs> There's not a whole lot of range out of your boy. I'm sorry. Like Argo is a great movie, and it I is. agree it should have been. He was very one dimensional. But yeah, right. It just he plays his role well. Yes. But um, say it again. What is that role? He say plays his role well. Say it, bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, but no nomination. Uh, not yeah, I agree. Um, we got some fun ones, but I don't know if anyone else deserves a nod. No, I said Vigo Mortensen for G.I. Jane. That was kind of a stretch. I, I'm not going to keep him in there. John um, Cusack, Gross Point Blank. That's the only other serious one I would actually really consider pushing forward because when you talk jo- uh, John Cusack and you talk all of his performances, mm-hmm. Say Anything and Gross Point Blank and High Fidelity. Yeah. That's probably the John Cusack trifecta. Totally. So... If he's going to get nominated for anything, it's going to be at least one of those three, and here he is. Yeah, it is a really good movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something pretty ballsy right now. Okay, John Cusack and Gross Point Blank, better than Jack Nicholson and as good as it gets. Ooh, it's cl- that's close. I am that's not. Close. I am not wrong about that. Um, I'll watch Gross Point Blank over and over again. Well, as mm-hmm. good as it gets, it's I've I've once exactly twice was enough exactly. Um. Let's give him the nod. Let's give it we to him. We love John Cusack. Put I him. heard he was great as Brian Wilson, too, but I didn't see that. Oh, Love and Mercy was so good. Damn. Paul, But you know what? Between the two, Paul Dano should have been nominated. Yeah. God, dude, we should do a top. I hate to do. I, I don't want to do top five list because the, the film vault already does that, and I don't want to step on their toes. Yeah. I would love to do top five most underrated current actors, and I guarantee you Paul Dano would be number one. Hmm. He is the most underrated actor in He's Hollywood a hell of today. An actor. Did you see Prisoners? No. Get the fuck out of here right now and go watch it. <laughs> but I brought you a DVD. It's I know and I love it. I'm looking at it right now. I love Eternity of the Movie. Um Prisoners, Prisoners okay. is unfucking believable. Huh. Jake Gyllenhaal, Hugh Jackman, Paul Dano. Hmm. Um it, Do you know you know the I've premise? A, I have a side note. About Paul Dano. Yeah. A friend of a friend uh, had his role in There Will Be Blood. They shot two weeks of it, and the director was like, this isn't working. Um, so they fired him and brought the Paul director Dano in. PTA. PTA, correct. Sorry. God bless you, <laughs> PTA. Somebody somebody made the decision. I'm sure, it was, I'm sure it was PTA, but they brought Paul Dano in. But this friend of a friend who I won't mention uh, got a letter from Daniel Day-Lewis in character with the old parchment paper and old pen. No. Like, it was a pleasure getting to know you and becoming your friend. And 
you know, best of luck to you. But sorry. Oh, I thought you were gonna say like he he sent him a picture of a bowling pin. Like if oh you come God, on set I again. <laughs> but think about that. Paul Dano only had a few weeks to prepare for that role, and he was great in it. He was great in such a Weasley, just slime ball kind of a totally. way. I oh, loved it when so David Lee was like beating him up. Oh, I'm finished. <laughs> oh, it's so oh, good. I drink your milkshake. Yeah. Uh, God, that's a great line. How from did that not win Best Picture? That's another. Oh, dude, topic I'll, I'll for another day. let's time out and do another episode right now. <laughs> there will be blood. One over. No country for old men. Done. Thank you. Yeah, that not much of a pot, is it? No, it's. And you know what's weird is I remember <laughs> we're getting so sidetracked, but go because I yes I remember that year of the Oscars, and I was having a hard time deciding was I going to vote for. No Country for Old Men or for There Will Be Blood. Because both are great. Both were great. And this is where, this is why my five-year rule has to be put in place. At that time, I did not know between the two. Fast forward now, there is no question in my mind that There Will Be Blood is a better movie than Uh, No Country for Old Men. The best picture made that year, for sure. Oh, absolutely it was. In every aspect. Yeah. Acting, cinematography, sound. The the sound design was unreal. And, And it's funny because... I still remember so vividly. I'm like, I really don't know which one should win. Now it's not even close. Yeah, for not sure. close at all. So it's, uh, yeah, that's why that's why we have to have a five year buffer. I agree. Uh, just in case you were wondering, uh, I got one. Steven Seagal, fire down below. <laughs> no, anything? Is this thing on? For those who can't see me right now, <laughs> do you not like Seagal? Have you ever worked with him? No, no. Moving on. Um, <laughs> Steven Seagal's best performance. I'm just a cook. Yeah, I was going to say, it's either <laughs> Under Siege or Under Siege 2. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Dude, my dad owns every Steven Seagal movie ever made on DVD. Well, he's got a rule with his movies. The titles have to be three words. Are Fire down, but no, I'm just kidding. Oh, Jesus Christ, you're serious. Um, I came... Very, very close to working with him in Thailand. Uh, it's funny. I I scheduled a movie that Tom Sizemore wrote that was supposed to be shot with Tom Sizemore in, boy, right? in Tijuana. I love Tom Sizemore. Uh, super dude. He was super cool to me. I <laughs> I'll work with him again for sure. Um, I was supposed to shoot that with him in Mexico. Uh, schedules fell through. Um, the director, uh, a good buddy of mine, Daniels, really ended up taking the script to Thailand, where it's infinitely cheaper to shoot over there, and shot the movie with Steven Seagal instead. Yeah. Um, I think it's called The Asian Connection is the name of the movie. I was supposed to AD that movie. Damn. Three-word movie. And as much... <laughs> <laughs> Um, Hard to kill. As as much as I would have loved to gone and shoot in Thailand, I yeah, I've heard too many horror stories Good about Seagal. So. Okay, um, let's get let's get let's get back to this. this all right, snub. let's let's get. Uh, you want to run by these last fun ones because we love Nicholas Cage. Yeah, so these are fun. Uh, well, let's save Nicholas Cage for last. Mike Myers for Austin Powers. Dude plays multiple roles in the movie. It's the one of the most quotable comedies of all time. If if the Academy was kind of cool, they would have nominated him. Yeah, I mean, they, I know it's it's overly it. cliche now, but back then it was a very, very, very. Part big one's deal. good. Part one's real good. Part two's good. Part three is crap. <laughs> but we're still you still quote the shit out of him. Yeah. So it's it, I mean you, you got to talk about it at the very least. Mm, like, congratulations. 
I don't want to put any clips in here because it's just going to turn into the Austin Powers clip show. <laughs> um, Kurt Russell in Breakdown. I think I did. I talk to you about that one last time. I don't know if we did or not. Kurt Russell and his wife, their car breaks down. A trucker uh, gives his wife a ride and then yeah. denies ever seeing her. And you're like, is Kurt, is Kurt Russell crazy or is this the most evil son of a bitch truck driver in the history of truck drivers? It's the latter. Huh. Um, <laughs> it, it's a good movie, dude. I, I enjoy it. It's a, it's a good thriller. It like If someone was like, define thriller, I'd be like, go watch Breakdown. Hmm. Cool. It's, it's good. Bruce Willis had a big year. Oh, Fifth Element and the Jackal. Yeah. Um, Jackal, he's a supporting character, even though he is the title character. Um, Fifth Element is just amazing. I think it's quintessential Bruce Willis. Oh, it so is. Like, I got to put this cigarette out and go save the goddamn world. (laughs) I love him. Literally. (laughs) Uh, But he had Mia Jovovich with him wearing wearing white duct tape. Uh, And I love the Jackal. I didn't see the jackal. The jackal's so good. He like literally he he wears like twenty different faces in the jackal. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it's just a very, very it's a very stereotypical action movie. Yeah. But I love every second of it. It's so it's stereotype done so well. I remember my video store, Video Mart, had the Jackal poster in the window for like far too long and I yeah. remember like staring at him with the weird blonde hair. It that's one of his faces. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he, uh, oh, I won't tell you what happens to Jack Black in that movie. Oh, you got to see it. You got to see. I'll, I'll, you got to see Breakdown. You got to see the Jackal. More, yeah, she touched my leg. <laughs> um, and then Nicolas Cage. This was the year that Con Air and Face Off came out God, together. Did he peak? Uh, he peaked that year. Uh, at least action wise. Here's here's the best part about that is that he left the set of Con Air, hopped on a plane, and showed up on the set of Face Off. Man, literally shot it back to back to the point where it was literally hours apart. That's how much he dominates people. Watch Face Off. He's so good. Dude, that scene in the beginning. <laughs> I want you to <laughs> suck my So shut your mouth. <laughs> um, dude, it's so good. Uh <sighs> Dude, yeah, I love Nicholas Cage. I love Nicholas Cage. Between those two movies, he's playing three roles. Yeah, yeah. You know what the best part about Face Off is, and it, this is all like behind the scenes rumor stuff. Um, is um, there's all these rumors that went around about how, because you know, all right. So for no one who's seen Face Off, <laughs> it's the worst premise in the movie history, but it's so good. John Travolta plays a cop. Uh huh. Nick Cage plays uh, a mastermind criminal. Yeah. Nick Cage kills John Travolta's son. In order to infiltrate his gang, John Travolta steals Nicolas Cage's face, puts it on his, takes his face off, puts Nick Cage's face yeah, on, yeah. does some weird voice modulation That's shit. That's right. I like that scene. Uh, d- like trims the body. Like all of a sudden, they, they cover it. It's stupid, John but they cover it. Yeah. There's doves flying in the background doves. and shit. Um, Nicolas Cage wakes up, realizes he has no face. Finds John Travolta's, puts his <laughs> face on, and infiltrates his family. Uh, oh, take your face so off. <laughs> I want to take his face <laughs> off. Once we kidnap Super Cop, then what? Tiny surgery. I'd like to take his his face 
Take his face. Yes. His face. Oh. Eyes. Nose. Skin. It's coming off. No more drugs for that man. Um, I love when movies say the title in the movie. I love that. There, there's a. Uh... There's a YouTube video like what if movies ended after their title was said in the movie. <laughs> it's really good. Um, but the the fun thing about the face off uh, story is that both John Travolta and Nick Cage were told like you're going to play yourselves and then you're going to play the other person for the uh, for the rest of the movie. Mm. Well, that's such a good movie. John Travolta plays himself and then he plays Nick Cage. Nick Cage plays himself and then he plays John Travolta. Gets tired of playing John Travolta halfway through and plays Nick Cage again. <laughs> That's the best part. Oh man! Is that you can tell like halfway through the movie he's like, I don't want to be John Travolta anymore. I want to be me. <laughs> and so then you have two Nick Cages oh, running. Man, around. So, <laughs> so cool! Everybody should go see that. Oh, if you haven't, then what the fuck the, are you doing the cool here? Security boots for in jail. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, so. Here's who we have. Um, are, are we going to red light? We're going to red light Jack Nicholson, right? Because we're taking it away from him. He's getting snubbed. He's getting no. He he did the snubbing. Ooh. So we're taking it back. Okay, got you, got you, got you. Um, okay. So here's who we yeah, have. Sorry, Jack. Here's who we have to choose from. We've got six. We have Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting. Robert Duvall in The Apostle. Mm-hmm. Russell Crowe for L.A. Confidential. Mark Wahlberg for Boogie Nights. You see where this one's going already. Sylvester Stallone for Copland and John Cusack for Gross Point Blank. Right away, are you gonna who are you gonna toss? I'm tossing John Cusack. Kind of what I was thinking too. Um I don't it just compared uh, to the rest of these performances. Yeah, it's like, it's comparative. It's it's one of his better performances, but this is yeah, some of these performances need to be elevated. Um should we just dive right into it? Do we do we immediately put Damien up against Wahlberg, or do we wait and see if they meet in the finals? No, because I watched The Apostle last night. Okay, just for this podcast, that's how I prepare. Okay, I show up prepared. Okay. Love, love you too. Love you too. these other dudes do it, but I prepare. Okay. Did you just call Mike out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you, Mike. I guess if I would have really prepared, I would have watched Yuli's Gold. But um, I do want to do. I couldn't a, find it. It's not on iTunes. I do want to do a three-way podcast because he can send us the audio file from Boston. Ooh, we might have to do that. Uh, so, so what are you saying? You getting rid of Duvall? No, no, absolutely not. It's really good. He's really strong, and he wrote it and directed it. I feel like if it, I I don't know what happened, but the Academy loves to do these like, oh, you've had a great career. Here's your award. Like this, I, I think you said Duvall, they did that with Ron Howard and Beautiful Mind, correct? Yeah. And, and Scorsese with Departed. I think I think Duvall that was like his plan this year. Although I mean he wrote it and directed. He's like a tour de force in this thing. It's really good. Was he better something... in this or The Judge? I didn't see The Judge. Check it out. It's it's worthwhile. I probably probably better in this one. I, I I'll correct myself. Um, Just the, it, the power of belief. I don't know. It was it was really strong, and I'm really impressed with him because if someday you know God willing I'll be able to write direct and star in something. Like, will it be as good as The Apostle? I don't know. Eternity 2? Well, it'd be a prequel. Yeah. And then I'd be like a weird, creepy teacher or something. Cause I, well, no, you already you already have a character. 
You're the, you're oh, the, I'm the judge. You're the weird American, American judge. Did I have to remind you Generic that you star in your yeah. own movie? Sorry. <laughs> star, you have a bit part. Son of a bitch. Um, I'm looking at this. It's tough. Because oh. Russell Crowe's really good. I was just going to say I'd take Russell Crowe out, but now I'm not so sure. Okay, we got to go. We got to go one on top of each other. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to cut Mark Wahlberg. It's a fucking hell of a movie. And it deserved a lot of awards that year, but it mm-hmm. didn't. It didn't. He didn't quite deserve it yet. Only because the movie really separates after a while, and it, then you have like the Julianne Moore and the Roller Girl characters. Mm-hmm. You have Burt Reynolds doing his bit. You've got Philip Seymour Hoffman and John C. Reilly. You've got like all these other bit parts, and it really it strong bit. Parts. It doesn't. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely does. But it doesn't always revolve around Wahlberg. Right. So whereas like Jack Nicholson, almost like. The movie doesn't exist without him. No. I just, I, it could have been better. It could have been better, Jack. Are you That's saying it wasn't as out. good as it gets? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I am. Ooh. I am, James Bell Brooks. Okay. Um, all right. So let's compare the two movies from similar genres then. Okay. Matt Damon and Goodwill Hunting and Robert Duvall and The Apostle. Now, the, these are the two that were already nominated. Why do, why do you say they're the same genre? Well, they're both dramas, whereas L.A. Confidential and Copland have to do with, like, corrupt cops and shit. Hmm. Let's get rid of the cops. Both of them? Yeah. What? Talk me out of... Okay, let's let's start with Russell Crowe versus Sylvester Stallone. Okay. Yeah, let's do that, because we know the other two are really yeah. good. I was going to say Stallone's better than Crow, but now I'm not sure. Stallone, there's something just generally slow about him anyway. Uh, you know, it wasn't too much of a stretch. But Crow didn't have a lot of range outside of anger. The scene where, it's, uh, sorry for spoiler alert here, the scene in Copland where Stallone loses his hearing and he's walking down the road. Right. That's intense. That is intense. Because you know someone's trying to shoot at him, and he can't hear where it's coming from. Ah, that's a good movie. Yeah, I, a good I think movie. we're cutting Russell Crowe. And like I said, I think that's my, maybe one of his best roles, but you're right. Like it's, yeah, I think Stallone I think we're, was better. we're intrigued with it because we were young males, and it's like, ooh, I want to be strong when I'm older, like Russell Crowe in L.A. Confidential. He was fallible. All, yeah, all good. was really strong in that movie, too, though. I could argue he that he should have won. And Kevin Spacey, but he was more of a supporting guy. He, I think he got nominated for supporting, didn't he? Did he, he might win? have. Did he win? Uh, give me a sec. I know he was at least nominated. He might have actually won. You said for supporting? Yeah. Spacey. Robin Williams, Good Will Hunting. <laughs> How'd you forget? You forget, man. I just wanted you to. Kim look. Basinger won for best supporting actress. I just wanted you to look and, it up and tell me. Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> you're so funny. Um, okay. Burt Reynolds was also nominated, anyways. Oh, as, as well as you should have been. Yeah. Um, but Goodwill Hunting kicked the shit out of. Boogie man, Nets we could argue year. the best supporting actress that year too. Yeah, Basinger. Basinger. She's a babe, but like that. W- uh, I mean, Julianne Moore was nominated for Boogie Nights and. No, Amber I would have given waves. it to Basinger. Yeah. Anyways, because you know why Basinger at that not to get yeah, off topic, yeah. Basinger is playing the pinup girl, right? And it's so hard to pull that off at this point. You can't have Scarlett Johansson play that role because she's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like literally, she's not believable mm-hmm. in as a pinup girl. There are no pinup girls anymore. 
No. It's kind of a lost art. Rita Hayworth. They are, Vicky Lake. Yeah, they've become suicide girls. Yeah. Basically. Get the... Lay off who, the tattoos, who girls. You, yeah, who, well, who would you say is a pinup girl now? Like Kim Kardashian? Fuck no. Ugh. No. 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 And even like the the babes, like you said, like like a Blake Lively or a Scarlett Johansson, they're like, yeah, a, a you're pretty. A pinup girl is someone on a movie poster that hides a giant hole in the wall that you escape from because you were framed for a murder that you didn't commit. And Kim Basinger is that. Ex- well, she's playing that. Ugh. She was so hot. Well, she fit the... Okay, sorry. We're off on a tangent here. So now we're down to three. Matt cool. Damon, Robert Duvall, Sylvester Stallone. I love that Stallone's in the final three. I know. I do, too. I do, too. Um, uh, okay. We're going we're gonna to give your boy, Matt Damon, a first-round bye. Let's do The Apostle versus Copland. And I, I, wanna, I think it's Duvall. Uh, yeah, you got to give it to Duvall only because uh, this was his baby. You know, it was uh, shit. Stallone, you came so close again. God, in a a different universe. If you would have just waited a year. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Hmm. Uh, I hate to say it to that because that scene of him walking down the street is so tense. Right. But again, is that more of like a sound design thing? It is. It is. But he plays it so well, too. And You know what, Stallone? We're calling you out. You did a great job in Copland. You did. Props. You did. Uh, Okay, dude. So we're left with two that were nominated. So heavyweight champions of the I world. Kinda, shit, I feel like we did an injustice to the Snubbies podcast. We're left with people that were actually acknowledged. Damn it! No, that's fine. We're just we're 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 making right on this. Okay, as good as it gets was not. Okay, Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting versus Robert Duvall in The Apostle. Oh God, I I hate to do this. Why am I always like pinning you up against Goodwill Hunting? Because I, I know what side you're going to take. Yeah, you know, somebody's got to somebody's got to defend Duvall. Here's my qu- here's my question: mm. What is the iconic scene in the Apostle? There's, I will tell you the very last scene. The cops are outside of his church that he built from nothing. You know, he made a mistake. He left everything behind. He literally built himself up by the power of belief. He's giving the sermon of his life at the end. Knowing that the cops are going to take him away for murder, and it's his last sermon. He's been a he's been a spoiler alert. Oh, sorry everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he's been a preacher since he was twelve years old. He grew up in a black church. You ever been to a black church? No, I wouldn't be welcome. <laughs> I haven't either, but I can imagine <laughs> it would be a very powerful thing to grow up in one. And in the whole time, you're thinking, is is this guy a con man? Like. It, but he never breaks, and it really—he truly does believe, and I think that's the beauty of this character—is that he truly believes in the 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 power of you know the Almighty. So here's what I have to say about that: mm-hmm. he's giving the same performance he's given throughout the entire movie. This is correct. Whereas Matt Damon mm-hmm. turns a full 180, cries—you know—that's big for me. But he has the moment of self-realization, not that he's screwed and that the cops are going to come get him like Robert Duvall, yeah. but the fact that this front that he's been putting up his whole life has been built on popsicle sticks. Mm-hmm. And I know that was a weird, a weird analogy, but it's been built on shaky ground. And it took someone, it takes someone who grew up the same way to realize that and to knock him off his peg because in order to grow you have to you have to you know 
be knocked down. Mm, leave Where, the past behind. What's, yeah, what's the uh, what's the Michael Caine quote from Dark Knight? How do was it? How do how do we? Shit, what was the line? It's something like I think he said, "Are you gonna eat that last pork chop?" <laughs> <laughs> that was at the craft table. Um, no, it was something like, "Why do we fall down to get back up?" Right. And right. for the Matt Damon character, and he plays it brilliantly. In order for him to grow, he needs to be knocked down so that he can get back up. Yeah. And Where, Robert Duvall kind of goes through the same... Kind of, but he's he's so... He's more consistent throughout with his character and his performance. Yeah. You know, he's, he happens to get drunk at a Little League field and, and do and that's some a damage. Great, and that's a great scene. It is. Great scene, but... Like I mean, you said, transformation-wise. Trans- no one goes through a transformation that entire year like Matt Damon. Man. He wrote and directed this thing, so you know that there was like some passion behind this Matt thing. Matt Damon wrote it, too. Yeah, I guess so. He also had Gus Van Sant. Bitches. And Robert Duvall. I will say this. I wish he would have done this five or ten years earlier because he's, he's an old man, and I don't like to see old men making out with anybody. And it's like that's there's this love true. interest. I don't know. It's the whole like cocoon thing. Like, don't show me. I love how much you I don't want to talk about the R word, and I don't want to talk about old can, people. Can kissing. we get drunk one night and do uh, <laughs> just do commentary on cocoon? <laughs> It'll be a hit. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, we will rip her on. I'd be to sitting shreds. there going, "This is so hot," and you're like, "I lost my boner." <laughs> um, I will say this: uh, uh, Billy Bob Thornton's character in that. I feel like it could have been fleshed out a little bit better. This is only, mm-hmm. it's so fresh on my mind because I yeah. watched it last night. But that's not performance. No, and it just, I don't know, it, it, was, it was written well enough, but I feel like they could have taken it a step further and it was just kind of like I mean, this. That, that's the movie as a whole, just in terms of performance though. Yeah. I think yeah. Damon had more to work with. Uh, I'm going to, you're right. I think Robert Duvall does the same shtick the whole time. It is like... It takes a lot of passion and energy to do what he did. Yeah, and and here's the thing: I'm not saying preacher. I'm not saying Duvall doesn't deserve it. I'm saying Damon was better. I think that's where we stand. I think Robert Duvall deserved it that year. I really do. But well, no, I that's not what you just said. I, he deserved it because he he made this effort. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm backing up. Backing up. Rewind it. <laughs> he deserved it for multiple reasons, but I don't know if he was the best. Right. God, he was a good preacher, man. Did though. I just get retribution for Goodwill Hunting? Oh, God. It's funny how the universe works. Ladies and gentlemen of the Snubbies universe, <laughs> we are taking the 1998 Best Actor Oscar away from Jack Nicholson in As Good As It Gets and giving it to Matt fucking Damon <laughs> in Goodwill so Hunting. Right now. Yes. I wish the world could see his face like I see it. Oh, because, I'm so uh, happy. But you know what? That was his coming out party, regardless of how many writers touched that screenplay. If yeah, that, well, you could have replaced you could have replaced Ben Affleck in that movie. I don't know if you could have replaced Matt Damon. Yeah, because that that Absolutely. was Matt Damon's like coming out party. It's like okay, not only can he write, uh, he can act, and mm-hmm. there's no denying his acting in it. You might Absolutely. be able to question his writing, but uh, I don't question his writing. But <laughs> he held it. Oh, he held it. and that's good. a hell of a movie, Evan. I, I almost want to congratulate you. For being a part of that film <sighs> somehow, feels so good. Because, uh, yeah, congratulations, Matt Damon. Makes me feel so good. Is this his first Oscar win? 
Well, no, because he won it for best screenplay. Oh, puke. What? Puke. Remember, you said yeah, that they couldn't well, have guess won what? it. On this little show that we're doing, we took it away from him. We and, took that away from him. And we gave him another and one. And we gave him another one. So beautiful. that's beautiful. I love that. I love the six. And six I don't feel thing. bad about it because Ben Affleck later would go on to win Best uh, best Picture with Argo. Right, right. So my boys from Boston are still cleaning They're up. still winners. They're, They're still, still walking away with Oscars. You can't win them all, but you can you can win a couple of them, and, and, and they, they just will. did. They, you, I'm, I'm happy about that. You know that. what I love about the Argo thing was that Ben Affleck wasn't even nominated for Best Director, and he clearly should have been because yeah. he was the Best Director that year, and then he ends up just winning Best Picture, and it's like just a big fuck you to the Academy. I mean, those that statue looks real good, Best Picture. Yeah. Oh, you I made the Best Picture of the yeah. year. Would you Would you rather have a Best Picture Oscar or a Best Director Oscar? You, you, totally. I'd rather have Best Picture and lose Best Director than yep. win Best Director and lose the Best Picture. Exactly. Because that's what you're trying to make. You're trying to make the best picture you can. Yep. And you know who would absolutely disagree with us? Hmm. Ang Lee. Fuck him. <laughs> what do you got against Ang Lee? Are you serious? Do you not listen to anything he has to say? So he, he's won Best Director twice. He's won it for Brokeback Mountain, and he won it for Life of Pi. Both times, he did not win Best Picture. Yeah. And after he won and then lost Best Picture, he made very, very uh, controversial statements. The first one for Brokeback Mountain, Crash Beat Brokeback Mountain for Best Picture that year. It, I I agree with it. I, I still agree. I might have to go back and watch Crash, but I I agreed with it at the time. Um, he said something to the effect of like Hollywood's homophobic and they're not ready for a movie like this. Whereas oh, Crash man. dealt with everything. It dealt with racism. It dealt with homophobia. It dealt with all this other stuff, like the battles of the classes. It dealt with more issues. And he's sitting there saying that Hollywood is like, it's not liberal enough. It's like, motherfucker, like we we just like awarded a movie that dealt with more issues than Best Picture. So fuck yourself on that one. You know what? And we could give that statue we just gave you to someone else. Oh, he, that's Well, that's the like point. If he's they so, accepted you. He's so unappreciative of what he had. Fast forward to Life of Pi. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what won that year, but I didn't disagree with that. I, mm-hmm. I never thought Life of Pi was that great of a movie anyways. Um, they ask him about the making of it, and he said something to the effect of like, well, you know, special effects artists get paid too much and we need to start cutting their pay. And then fast forward two months later and Rhythm and Hughes goes out of business because of that. Mm. Fuck you, Ang Lee. Wow. Like, you unappreciative son of a bitch. You won Best Director twice and you're crying over spilt milk. Like, fuck you, dude. Take yeah. your statues, go home, put them where the sun don't shine, and don't ever make a fucking movie again because all you do is make shit comments like that. <laughs> I'm done. You know who beat uh, Life of Pi? Your boy. Ben Affleck with Argo. That's right, he did. Yeah. Yeah, he did. God, that was a good year of film, too. What Django, the other Django Unchained, Zero Dark Thirty, Lincoln, Beasts of Southern Wild, Les Mis. No. No. Beasts of Southern Wild was slightly overrated. Zero Dark Thirty was completely overrated. You, yeah, no. Argo was the best. That's a, Argo's a great film. Argo's a fantastic movie. It is. Edge of your seat. But you know what? I wouldn't have been upset if Les Mis won either. No, no. That was... If Life of Pi would have won, we'd be snubbing that thing. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. here, here's the thing: it won Best Cinematography. You know why that's bullshit? Is because ninety five percent of that movie is CGI. Yeah. And I don't give a shit if the DP is standing over the you know the colorist's shoulders saying do this, do that. He didn't create it with his own 
fucking hands, like all DPs do. Well, they use grips and best boys and all that shit. Yeah. But, you know, like, you know, we've, we've been on set with enough DPs where it's like they sit there and they're like, I want Phil here. I want, you know, I want a splash of light here. Like, they're creating yeah, this you gotta, light. Yeah, you got so much respect for it. Whereas yeah. winning best cinematography for a 95% CGI movie, you're literally sitting there going like, put light there. No, 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 take it out, take it out, take it out. No, scrub that. Okay, dim that down. It's just like you're doing it with a computer. Mm-hmm. You're not physically creating the light, so fuck you. Yeah. I mean, that's where film is going, but you still need people. You still need actors. They're, they ain't all going to be Pixar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, by the way, Zootopia was amazing. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> Evan, it is such a pleasure to come out here and do this with you. Uh, I just want to thank you one more time. I love having you out here, dude. You I know that. I love being here, and I want to thank our listeners for, you know, supporting us. Yeah, they're okay. And... Uh, <laughs> Can... All right. Hit us up on Twitter at the Snubbies. Go on Facebook. Tell us what mo- what awards you want us to take away because I'll sit here all all day long and and just list movies. But like, I want to hear what people have to say. Like, I think this award was bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And there's plenty of them. Yeah. And you know what? Big up to Sylvester Stallone and Copland. Oh God damn that! You felt did good. great. You did great, Stallone. God, that's people need to see that movie. It's so good. Oh man! All right, so we'll uh, we'll peace out with with uh, Joey. Actually, I don't need to do a separate. We'll, we'll just peace out now. We're good. Yeah, and when we when we cut this thing, I got a really dirty joke about Stallone, but I'm not going to say it on this pod because uh, my loved ones listen to me. But you're going to laugh. I'll cut it out. Say it. You're going to laugh. All right. So all right. Good night, everybody. Joey's going to tell me a really bad joke. I will. I'll leave my reaction in, but I'll cut the joke out. Love ya. Okay. Bye. This is, I don't even know if this is a joke, it's more of like a half a story. Um, it's like when he was, someone knows someone who was <laughs> this woman. And, and supposedly, and I'm not sure if someone was like in the other room and heard overheard this happening. How long ago was this? Uh, well, I heard this story like five years ago, maybe. Uh, but <laughs> Wait, it happened five years ago? Or? I heard the story five years ago, so it may have happened Oops. 10 years before okay, that. Okay, you know, okay. It probably happened in, you know, post. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but supposedly, when he's getting <laughs> he says four different things to the people, or to the woman. Um, he says, "Stroke, cradle <laughs> <laughs> <Great with> those." <laughs> he says, "Stoke the fire." And the last one, say my name. No. And I guess it's just like on repeat. No, he does. Yeah, yeah. Stoke the fire. Stoke the fire. Cradle those. <laughs> Say my name. And of course, they're like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh so that's just God. for you. You're in ours ears only. I, I need wanna... that to be confirmed. I know. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll, I'll go back to my storyteller. Oh, my God. And see if it was true. You know, I'm going to leave that story in, and I'm just going to bleep, <laughs> like, all the bad parts out. <laughs> as long as you leave Stoke the Fire, and that's my favorite <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. Bye. Bye-bye, dickhead. See ya. Take care now. Bye-bye, then. Happy time! Bye bye, buddy. <laughs> My dad just bought us a 70-inch TV that streams video. Problem is, we still have DSL. He doesn't care because whenever it buffers, he calls it bonding time. So how's chemistry between you and Ashley? What? Yeah, she's cute. She uh, she looks like your mom. He, uh, he just goes off on rants and doesn't really have a filter, talks about everything. Talk to me, man oh man oh. let's go, let's do this. Hey, uh, does, does this mole look weird to you? More buffering. So we should work out, really blast our abs, yeah? Mm. Feel that. D ah, that's rock hard. Mm. When, that, when that buffering will comes up, it's... And it was in front of the whole school. But that's how I learned that tears are nothing to be ashamed of, okay? Make the switch to Cox High-Speed Internet and say hello to blazing fast high-speed internet. We are not afraid of hugs in this family. Call, click, or come by today.